0: Welcome back to the For Where You Are podcast, brought to you by Chapel Street Church. My name is Joe Scavato, and today we are looking at Mark chapter five, the power of the King, and how it can impact the everyday life of the everyday Jesus follower. Today, I'm joined by Jeff Frazier. Hi, Jeff. Hello, Joe. I missed it. It's been too long. <laughs> and Andrew Griffiths. Hi, Andrew. Hey, Joe. <laughs> Well, it is good to be back with you guys, yes. uh, good to be back with our fine listeners as well as we continue in this Mark series, um, and so you guys were both preaching this weekend. Jeff, why yeah, don't you start us right. off and give us a little
1: elevator pitch recap. I'd love to, Joe. First of all, it's great to have our host of the 4 U R podcast back. I hosted last week, and I'm terrible at it, so <laughs> you're much, much better. But agreed. before I give, <laughs> uh, <agreed. laughs> thanks, Andrew. Before I give the elevator pitch, though, maybe you could give our listeners a little update. I, I mentioned last week on the podcast that Judy's in the hospital, then Judy and the baby are doing okay, but that kind of gave them a chance, an update, and, and a chance to pray for you. But maybe you could give us a. A more recent update on how 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 your wife and baby are doing?
0: For sure, I would love to. Um, yes, yeah, so we are we are doing well. Uh, so <clears throat> for context, Judy went into the hospital. Her water broke at 27 weeks pregnant, which I hear is not good. Um, yes. <laughs> but uh, but she's doing well. We're doing fine. She is going to be um, living in the hospital until our baby boy comes, um, which will be within the next month or so. Um and so we I mean, are that means
1: you're going to be living the hospital.
0: We're we're living that hospital life. It's yes. super fun. Uh yeah. but thankful for for doctors and nurses and a supportive church family. Yeah. And uh we'll we'll get by. So, yeah, I appreciate all the support and and even some of our wonderful listeners reached out with a kind word and so oh, grateful yeah. for that and uh and grateful for any prayers that we can get going we'll forward. Keep praying for So, you. yeah.
1: Okay, so um we were in Mark chapter 5. Uh, we, we covered, actually, the end of chapter 4 through the first 43 verses of chapter 5. So it was a lot to bite off. <laughs> it was a five-hour sermon. <laughs> That's right. I may have felt like that. Uh, but really, at the end of chapter 4, the disciples are in the—this is the story of the calming of the storm. They're terrified. They're in the boat. Uh, the wind and the waves are about to drown them. They wake up Jesus, because he's sleeping, and say, don't you care that we're going to drown? And Jesus calms the storm with a word, and th- then they're even more terrified, which is interesting. They're afraid of the waves, but they're more terrified of the one who calms the waves. And Jesus says to them, you know, why are you still so afraid? Don't you have, you have little faith. And then the texts, the last verses, and they wondered, they asked themselves, who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? Hmm. That question, who then is this, sets up the next three stories, which we covered Hmm. in the sermon. Those stories are, they cross over the lake after the storm to the other side, a region that no faithful Jew would go to, they call the Decapolis, pagan, Hellenistic, Greco-Roman cities. There's a man there with full of demons. Jesus casts out the demons, he restores him fully, completely, and sends him back to his hometown as kind of a missionary, the first Gentile missionary, the first missionary to the Gentile region to talk about what God has done for him. They sail back across the lake, the Sea of Galilee again, And they meet a man named Jairus, who's a ruler of the synagogue. These are the opponents of Jesus, but this man is a desperate father because his little girl is dying. He begs Jesus to come and heal her. Jesus goes with him, and on the way, they encounter this bleeding woman who, in a crowd, touches Jesus. And Jesus has this remarkable encounter where he restores her and says, your faith has made you well. But the delay causes the death of Jairus' daughter. And Jesus you know, makes his way to his house and raises her from the dead. So you've got all these remarkable stories, which you know, to sum up the elevator pitch, show us that Jesus is the King who has authority over storms, authority over demons, authority over disease, and authority even over death. Hmm. And and so that's uh, there, you know, there's a lot more to them, and we spend a lot more time on them. But that's this that's kind of Mark is answering the question, who is this, with these stories of these miraculous encounters with Jesus. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat>
0: Andrew, anything to add?
2: No, no, yeah, that's great. I, think it's, I, I do think it's important to see that line that travels from the end of 4 to 5 because the, the stories in 5, is, as Jeff just said, are incredible. They're miraculous. Yeah. The, there's so much wonder in them. There's so much yeah. questions. But I think we miss something if we see them as anything other than answers to that question, who then is this? Like, If we mm-hmm. don't see Jesus as the central figure in all of those moments yeah. and what we learn about him. Um, we'll, we'll kind of miss out on the significance of what happened. Sure. Because they weren't just a random assortment of miracles. Right, that's right. They were, it was Jesus' intention to show his disciples, to show the people around him, ultimately to show us who he is. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. There's so much we could talk about. We could be here all day. Um, yes, yes, that's right. But but I wanted to, I guess, just point out a couple of things that even as I was, you know, reading this and then and then hearing the message of of the weekend
1: in the hospital with your wife.
0: Listen, we're faithful listeners. Yeah, right. of the online service. <laughs> 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 um, one of the things that I guess kind of stood out to me um, was this idea of of just kind of how it was assumed and just you know, widely known that, um, that demonic powers Mm -hmm. and I guess in contrast that angelic powers were just a reality, um, in the world of that time, which I think if you kind of just went around just took a poll, I don't know if that would be agreed upon today (laughs) as strongly, I I would guess probably not. Um, and so I guess for me, the question then is like, how do we think well and think correctly about that idea? Um, Mm. And then how do we keep ourselves from just thinking well I saw this in a movie so maybe that's right because I think right. that's where maybe a lot of us fall into so right. go with that however you want
1: <laughs> that's a, it's a good it's a good and important question because the, it's undeniable um, and later on in Mark Jesus sends out his disciples and they're gonna cast out demons and so this it, it feels to our, our our modern and postmodern sensibilities like it's like it's it we're kind of incredulous about this like this sounds superstitious and ancient and one of the reasons you might be tempted to reject the biblical account but whatever we think about it the bible's clear from beginning to end there are forces of evil in the world there are spiritual Mm. forces of evil um, and I think if we 're honest we we know deep down that that's true. We even use the phrase like he had demons he couldn't conquer she had you know and 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 we t- we 're referring to things of the past or addictions. we call them demons sometimes. What we mean is forces that hold people uh down that are beyond their control forces in the world that feels like there's there's a malevolent uh, a force behind this it's, and, and, and and people do evil and wicked things and so anyway. Uh, C.S. Lewis, in his book, The Screwtape Letters, right at the beginning, says there's two equal and opposite errors we should avoid when it comes to belief in the demonic powers. One is to believe in them with an, with an over-obsession, and inordinate fascination, like to believe in them too much, mm. uh, looking for a devil under every rock kind of thing. <laughs> the second is to disbelieve in them altogether, entirely. And I think, in our culture, it's the second temptation that we're most prone to. And it would be a, it, we miss out on... on the reality of the world and what God is doing in the world and how He wants to work in us. So, I, you know, there's a lot more to be said about that when it comes to possession and 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 the Christian view and so on. But I think, that, you know, at, at a high level, we shouldn't we need to wake up and realize there are there's forces of evil in the world. What would you say, Andrew?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with all that. I I really don't think there's too much more to say beyond that, honestly, because of what you shared about lewis that yep. an, an unhealthy obsession lewis with it always c- helps. is just is, that's right <laughs> yeah. that's right
1: and he was british
2: i made the sure to a him in my salmon for brownie <laughs> points. <That a> boy. <laughs> but um yeah i think when i was reading this text i'm trying to to deal with that because that is i mean i'm drawn to that immediately i read yeah. this text and i'm like oh wow what, what does this mean what yeah. you know how, how does it apply to me and i think the kind of the Rosetta Stone for it is to remember this story is about Jesus, and this this is happening, and it's important, it's relevant. We certainly should consider right. what's going around us, but once once the Bible is done with it, we should be done with it. Yep. So what I mean. Now, you know, Andrew just quoted, back to the, Jesus.
1: used the phrase the Rosetta Stone for those of you who don't know what he's referring to. That he means the interpretive lens, the way in which we. Interpret yes, this. Yeah. Yeah. Do people, yeah, yeah. is that an old yeah. school phrase. No, I like it. It's <laughs> very good, very scholarly. Way to go. Um,
2: yeah, but I think I think Jesus is the focus, and so. We should have a concern for yeah. that that spiritual realm yeah. insofar as Jesus does. And right. then beyond that we shouldn't. Because there's there's no use to it. There's yeah. there's a lot of questions we can all
1: ask about that. But Yeah, we're not we're not told everything about the demonic realm, how it operates, and, and, and I don't think we're meant to know all of that. Right. Right. You know, the the the, the demoniac, which we sometimes refer to in traditional you know, biblical scholarship, but the guy who's possessed with the demons, that we find out they call themselves legion because there's many. The point there is an overwhelming force that's right. destroying this man's life. You know, uh, St. Clement of Alexandria, one of the early church fathers, said uh, the function of the demonic in the, is to distort and destroy the image of God in humanity. And I, I think that's true. What mm. what 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 God's enemy, Satan and the, and forces of evil in the world want to do is to is to distort and destroy the image of God in us to keep us from being what God made who God made us to be. That's certainly true in this man's case. Mm-hmm. It's just a total picture of desperation and a wretched condition. You know he um, and, and th- that's the point that Jesus has power over right. even the most desperate right. conditions. Hmm. Right.
2: Yeah. I think it, like it's it's very easy for people who struggle and have very um, terrible burdens that are difficult to overcome to read a passage like this and worry okay what, is this is this demons is this and i yeah. think what you just said is so important to go you know what that's not a question worth answering the question worth answering is is can jesus help with this can he yeah. do something about it? and the answer is overwhelmingly yes he can yeah. it doesn't matter what the torment is or pain is mm-hmm.
0: that's good um yep. towards the end of that story another thing that that really um kind of stood out to me and it almost confused me a little bit when I when I first heard it um, I believe it's first 19 and 20 where, where Jesus you know heals this man and and he wants to follow him yeah. and Jesus says no which kind of goes against the yeah. picture that I have of Jesus of you know anyone that wants to come along come along mm. um, but obviously he does it for a reason and he gives this man um, a job something to do to, to tell mm-hmm. the world of, of the mercy that he's been shown and um, what do we make of that, and and how do we see that as kind of a, a picture of what we have been given as a job as well?
1: Well, first of all, the fact that you re, you read it and you were at first were confused by it is a good sign, Joe. No, I, <laughs> I'm often said. confused, yeah. so that's a good sign. <laughs> so am I sometimes, and I think that the point is that there ought to be things in God's Word that at first are hard to grasp and understand because it causes us to probe deeper, to ask more questions, yeah. and to gain a fuller understanding. Um, I remember uh, Thomas Merton in a book called Opening the Bible says, if you find God always easy to understand the Bible, perhaps it's not God that you found. It's just your own understanding. <laughs> and, so, that's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> so So, so, um, so I think it's good. Uh, and it is a question worth asking and trying to wrestle with. I mean, the, the man has been healed. Of course he wants to follow Jesus. and yeah. Jesus won't let him. Yeah. But if if by follow Jesus we mean live the way Jesus intends you to live, then Jesus doesn't forbid that. Mm. He just says you're not coming with me in the boat across the other side. Mm. That's good because he doesn't just say you can't come. He gives him specific directions, which is a form of following him. He says in verse 19, which is just beautiful, um, "Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how He has had mercy on you." That's like a mission statement for all of our lives. Go home to your friends. And tell them, your neighbors, your coworkers, the people that are around you, and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he's had mercy on you. Mm. We should all be doing that. Yep. That is what it means to follow Jesus. So in a sense, Jesus doesn't say you can't follow me. He just says, this is how you follow me. It's not what you want. It's what I'm get- telling you to do. Hmm. So not coming right. in the boat to the other side, you're going back to your friends. Hmm. Um, yeah. We all want to follow Jesus on our own terms sometimes. So. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting that uh, that. Jesus tells this man to go tell his friends. And later he'll tell other people not to talk about him. Um, we can get into that if you want, but uh, that, that's a fascinating thing. that's sometimes referred to as the messianic secret. Yeah. Like this guy goes back to, he's the first missionary to the Gentiles. So he goes to a region that's not Jewish to talk about Jesus. But very often in the Jewish circles early on in his ministry, Jesus is trying to keep the word about him from spreading too quickly. Yeah. He knows that the confrontation with the religious authorities is going to mean his death. And he knows what the timing of that is. And so I think he's careful about uh, causing a, a, co- a confrontation before his time. Mm-hmm. So he's he guards the Messianic secret in on the in the Jewish communities, but he lets them loose on the Gentile ones. <laughs> anyway.
0: You know, it, it made me think, you tell me if this is wrong. So <laughs> this, is, this is a good start, right? Um, it just made me think, when I was younger, a lot of times, whether it was taught or, or kind of just implied, like there was this idea of like to follow Jesus, you have to kind of like, you know, become a missionary and go across yeah. the world and yeah. and right. you know preach to the whoever. Right. Um, and and I always kind of like felt like, oh man, like why am I not doing that? Like I'm not following Jesus. Mm-hmm. But then a passage like this kind of makes it seem like you know, like there are people who need Jesus that live that across the street point. from me. Um, yep. That yep. I don't need to f- to go away from from where I live. There, there's plenty to do here. Joe, is that
1: what this is saying? Joe, you're not wrong. Yes, I <laughs> love not being wrong. <laughs> you, know, that, that's, it's, you said it so well. Every yeah, yeah. follower of Jesus is a disciple and a missionary. Yes. We tend to think disciples some super spiritual thing or missionaries some extra calling. No, everyone who says that I belong to Jesus should live their life on mission. That's a missionary, and trying to follow Jesus' example. That's a disciple. We all should be doing that. Yeah. yeah, the context may vary. The specific call and the where we do that may vary, but that's the that's the call for all of us.
0: Yeah, let's keep moving before I say something wrong. Um.
1: and <laughs> <laughs> <That's>
2: like- <laughs> on that high note.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, moving on to to kind of the second section of of Mark chapter five. Um, another thing that, that really just struck me was so Jesus is on the way to um, to heal this man's daughter. Um, and as he's going, he's interrupted. Um, and he's given this kind of yeah. opportunity to be interrupted. Um, and just the way that he responds to that, I think is so, um, so interesting to me. Cause mm-hmm. I, I know for me, and I, I think for a lot of people, we don't like necessarily being interrupted. Like if I have yeah. a schedule oh, my for my Lord. day and someone messes that up, I'm not, I, it drives me crazy. Yeah. Um, and yet he, he responds so beautifully um
1: you, joe you're about to have a baby you're gonna to have to get used to interruptions oh, well <laughs> pray for me please yeah. uh, but, I, but i understand what you're saying you're yeah. Right? yeah
0: so i guess my it's a two-part thing so why do you think that's something that w- so many of us struggle with because i don't think i'm alone in that no. uh but then also what can we learn from from jesus response in that
2: uh i mean i can only speak for myself but i feel because i share that frustration with interruptions to me, it's it's all about control. I like to be in control of my life, I like it to proceed and unfold the way I want it to. That's <laughs> yes, right. And when it doesn't, how's it, that working for, out for you? <laughs> well, it's caused me some problems, man. Because <laughs> it's, it's never once happened ever. Yeah. But uh yeah, and I think I think the Jesus' perspective, which is what we all need to get to, is he he is free from any such burden. He he ha- like he is happy for his life to unfold the way his father has laid it out for him. And so he does really see everything that's happening happening around him as an opportunity to witness to his father, to share the love of God, to to minister the gospel. Yeah. Uh, and so when this woman comes into his path, I don't think it even occurs to him. Oh, this is this is getting in the way. He's just mm-hmm. thinking, "Here we go. He's another opportunity to show grace and love yeah. and, and mercy." And so
1: we saw the same thing in the healing of the paralytic story. Mm-hmm. It's a serious interruption, middle of teaching. The roof is being torn apart. You know? Yeah. But interesting, in this account, it didn't have to be interruption. She touches Jesus in secret in a crowd. I mean, in a crowd, but only Jesus and the woman know what happened. Yep. He could have continued on. Yep. And we could even argue he should have continued on because Jairus' daughter is dying.
2: Hmm.
1: He, Jesus is the one who, stu- who, who, like, she doesn't really interrupt him. He won't let it go. Hmm. He says to his disciples who touched me, and they're like, what are you talking about? Everybody's touching everybody. <laughs> that's crap, you know, like, you know, and We and then, But he knows. And I think it's amazing. There's only two people in the whole crowd who know what happened, Jesus yeah. and the woman, yeah. and Jesus won't let her stay anonymous. I think that's a key lesson for us. You can't follow Jesus anonymously from the crowd. Hmm. Wow, he calls true. her forward to him, and he forces the issue because she's received physical healing, but he wants to restore her completely, and she needs to meet him face-to-face to do that. So I think the and, and as Andrew said, my agenda, our agenda, is often just that. My agenda, God's agenda, is different, and in, and we look at the life of Jesus. His agenda is the will of his Father, and it's people. People are yeah. on his agenda, and sometimes I'm convicted by that because my agenda is to get stuff done, and people are in the way, and that is not at all how Jesus operates. Hmm.
2: Yeah, and you, could, I suppose you could also think, at least in this instance, well, what's What's the biggest and best miracle? We know what's about to happen, yeah. and that's yeah. huge. Uh, yeah. But to Jesus, he wasn't concerned about what's going to be the biggest show. Like you said, he was right. concerned about a woman who was right. desperately— I mean, she comes to him trembling and afraid because yeah. she's frightened of what people are going to think of her when right. they see her.
1: Because she's calling her out in public.
2: And what a huge statement of grace by Jesus that he's like, I, I need this woman
1: to see how I think about her yeah, in my, front of all of I need my disciples people. in the crowd to see it, too. Yeah. He calls her daughter. It's really yeah. tender.
0: Um, Jeff, talk a little more. You, you mentioned this, and, and you touched on it in your sermon as well. Um, but this idea of how you know following Jesus, you can't be anonymous. You can't. Yeah. You you there has to be more than just being a part of that yeah. crowd necessarily. Talk talk a little more about what you mean by that.
1: Well, actually, Andrew and I had a back and forth about this in our preparation time, in our preaching team meeting, and a couple meetings since before we preached about what was going on with this woman. So we're told that she believes that if she touches his garment, she'll be healed. So she has some faith, but it's not perfect faith. Hmm. Like she she has some kind of faith in Jesus, enough faith to risk the crowd. She's a bleeding woman, she's not supposed to be in the crowd. And so she's she's you know, she wants to she wants to get something from him. Mm-hmm. There's a prophecy in Malachi uh, chapter four, verse two: "The Son of Righteousness will rise; there'll be healing in His wings." It's likely she heard that prophecy and believed Jesus was that Son of Righteousness. Wings meaning the the Hebrew word for uh, corners and of your prayer shawl, the kanaf, the wings that if she touches the corner of His garments, i.e., His wings, she'll be healed. Anyway, so she has a an imperfect understanding of who Jesus is, but it's enough to compel her to come to Him. Yeah. But Jesus wants to give her a full understanding of who he is. Yeah, And I think that's true for all of us. I think people, you can be in the crowd, you can come to worship, you can be around the people of God, you can be kind of around Jesus and, 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 and Christianity, but, but not have come met him face to face. Yeah, And you can, and sometimes we want stuff from our religion, quote unquote, we want stuff from God. We want to be blessed and forgiven and we want to have, you know, a better life. But, but it's about what we want. That's not the same thing as surrender to Him. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't want to over over. I, I want to infer too much from that encounter, but it, yeah. it, it seems to me that this woman's faith is incomplete, and Jesus wants to give her a complete understanding of who He is by making her come out of the crowd to meet Him face to face. And I think that's that's profoundly relevant for our for our time.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's good.
1: Um, another
0: thing that that uh, really kind of struck me in in this. Um, in this text was the story of Jairus and his daughter and, and how um, this is another thing that, you know, if I or anyone else was writing the story, it probably would have come out a lot differently um, we talked about this, I think when we were talking about the story of the paralytic man, um, how well, you're
1: writing the story, like making it up. Yeah. Like of course nobody would write, <laughs> 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 but he's Mark's recording what have, what, him. right. Told yeah. I,
0: I, I'm saying like, if I was, if I it was coming from me, the
1: gospel according to Joe. Yeah. Which, ooh, that sounds scary. <laughs>
0: um, just this idea of like, because of this one miracle, this girl, hmm ends up dying Mm. Um, and just the heartbreak in that. Um, And I think, you know, this is one thing that for some people, it's an intellectual, it's a hypothetical idea. Mm. You might mention this in the message as well, that for some people, this is not a hypothetical Um, that, that for some people loss is very real and very hard. Um, And yet I think this story also has power and it has a a lesson and a reminder for us. So Mm. I guess for you guys as, as pastors, um, would you have, um, what words would you have for someone who says, you know, this is not hypothetical for me? Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, yeah, I think because of what you've just said, I I think this is one of the most critical parts of the story mm-hmm. because we're much more likely to be in, in this experience than some of the uh, the early ones, right? Like often in our lives, we're not seeing these radical dramatic moments of healing. Sometimes we do, and I don't want to dismiss that. Sometimes God does do miraculous things and heal us, but again, maybe it's just for me. I more often find myself in the place of, why didn't God do this for me? Why yeah. why didn't I experience what that woman experienced in the crowd? Um, mm-hmm. And certainly, as in ministry, you meet people for whom this is the question. Like, why did God let this happen? Yeah. Um, I remember my first visit to a hospital as a chaplain was a couple that had lost a baby at 36 weeks of pregnancy. And it was just, I couldn't, yeah. I didn't know what to say. I, I had, there's nothing you can say in that moment that can just explain that way. No. And, um, I think this story is a moment where Jesus wants to address people who have that question because his, his response to Jairus is, is so tender. What he, he, he because he, he knows what Jairus is experiencing in that moment, and he looks at him and he says, don't be afraid. Yes, hmm. Believe. Right. He's essentially, don't, don't look at the tragedy, Jairus. Don't look at your fear. Don't look at the things that are overwhelming you. Look at me. Mm-hmm. Look at me. And I, th- I think that's the first thing we, we need to take when we have those questions is, uh, is not good. to be dismissive of them, but to, to, to go, okay, I need to look at Jesus. Right. I need to trust the one who has power right
1: now. That's really really good, Andrew. Yeah, um, and you're right. There aren't words. I mean, I honestly, in preparation for this, when I was, uh, I just started thinking about families in our church that I know who've lost children. Death touches all of us, and loss comes to every, Nobody's immune to that. But the loss of a child is a different kind of pain. Yeah, and um, it's uh, hard to talk about. And I, I just thought about it and prayed about it. how how are we how does this passage help. Um, families who have, who are, have lost someone, a child. Well, Jairus, when, 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 the, when the servants come and say, it's too late, your gr- little girl didn't make it, don't bother the teacher anymore. Jesus says, don't be afraid, just believe. But Jairus doesn't know what that means. Mm. They've got still the travel, they've got time, there's a time that elapses between when he says that and when the, he raises her from the dead. And many and, and it's it's truncated in this story, but I think we're living in that time, mm. many of us. Yeah. That's really good. In that delay. And Jesus says to all of us, don't be afraid, just believe. Because there is death, there is delay, but there's also a resurrection, if not in this life, in the life to come. And I so I think that the instruction to Jairus in that in that moment is the same instruction to all of us in the life we're living. Yes. But it's 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 difficult. Yeah. And it's painful. And it and it, and as you said, Andrew, it is the question many are asking. Um and and I think this side of eternity the answers are, are in incomplete. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's good. It it's that's why we go through scripture right. to talk about hard questions. That's good. Right. Um
1: But how, but how, I I know you have to get on to the next question, Joe, but how, how tender is Jesus when he, they they all laugh at him, right? They, 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 are like, we know a dead body when we see one. She's not asleep. Jesus says she's sleeping. They laugh. And he only lets mom and dad and his closest disciples come into the room. Yeah. It's so good. And he takes her by the hand. I get choked up thinking about it. And he says, like, it's like the translation would be honey, get up. Yeah. Little girl, daughter, little one get up and she does i mean that's just it's just it's overwhelming you yeah. know but that's coming for all of us yeah i
2: had uh in research for this i listened to some salmons by tim keller because he's amazing and he's <laughs> always the guy that you <laughs> want to go to but he he was talking about this and i i couldn't find a space for it to put in my salmon but i just i love the image that he painted of he, he talked about when you're a kid and you lose your parents hand you get really frightened yeah and you you get lost you wonder where's your mom and dad at but what we see in this uh, image is Jesus taking hold of this little girl's hand. Yeah. And it's a picture for all of us that that's what he does. for He takes our hand yeah. and he never lets go. Yeah. And his grip is so tight that it can pull us even out of death itself. Right, right. Uh, what, yeah, I
1: like that Keller says, if Jesus has you by the hand, even death is nothing but sleep. Yes. That's mm-hmm. a great yeah. line. That's
0: good. Yeah. Um, let's end with this. We We started with it talking about this question at the end of Mark 4. Yes. Uh, who is this person? Who is right. this one that can do all these things? Yeah. Um, and, and Jeff, you ended your message um, talking about these four. Let me know if I'm misquoting you, but there are four <laughs> things you said. I think I got it you right. You can misquote me. Let's see if Pastor takes
2: good notes. <laughs> yeah. I probably won't know. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah it all sounds good. Um, there's no place he won't go to reach someone. There's no dark power he cannot drive out. There's no brokenness he cannot heal and restore. There's no desperate condition he cannot deliver us from
1: sounds good
2: sound right That's close good. enough
0: Yep. um those those four truths yeah. um from these four examples why is that why is that good news yeah. what what encouragement is there for someone um who is lost or in darkness or broken or desperate today based on what we read
1: well that first one he there's no place he won't he won't go Jesus won't go. There are places I think that we won't go if we're honest, Hmm. we're nervous about, we don't like, we think those people are the problem or we're scared. There's no place Jesus won't go to reach someone. He went all the way to the cross. And he goes through the storm to teach his disciples about who he is. And he goes the other side of the lake to teach them about who he is for this one guy who nobody could do anything for. And he restores him. And he sends him out to tell the good news of the gospel. So, I, I just love that first one. There's no and I think for us, maybe that we should stop and think, He's done that for me. Yes. And He's calling me to do that, to go with Him for, other, for others. Um, yeah. And then the, the next three stories are these stories of, of brokenness and, des- and desperation and death. And Jesus has power over all of them in, yeah. in my life. And so, I, maybe, yeah. maybe one question to ask is who am I in danger of giving up on? Hmm. Stopping, That's a great stop, question. Stop praying for. Do I think they're beyond hope, beyond help, beyond reach? Well, the, the guy full of demons, nobody could help him. The, ish, the woman who was bleeding, no physician could help him. The text says she tried everything and it was worse. And death is the final enemy. Nobody could help someone who's dead, but Jesus can do all three. Mm. And I think that's the whole point.
0: Yeah. That's good. Andrew, anything to add to that?
1: No, I think this
2: is great. I, I think it's, it's, it's a lesson for us, I think, as well in if I think that I'm too far away or if I think this stuff in my life is too ugly to be shared or too overwhelming to be conquered, this is an encouragement to me that yeah. Jesus is saying, I can face those things. Like the, the deepest darkness in my heart that I feel that no one else wants. To. I mean, think about the woman. She does, she, she's seen as unclean by everyone else and she thinks no one wants to, no one wants to be near me. No holy man is going to touch me. And Jesus is saying, yes, I will yes i will mm-hmm. and and the same for the the demoniac and all these other situations it's a, it's a lesson to us that there is no such thing as a lost cause or too far gone or too bad of a situation for jesus to come into and redeem and restore mm-hmm. hmm. good stuff
1: yeah um the bible is <laughs> <Yeah>. highly recommend <laughs>
2: regular
0: bestseller <laughs> um next week we have yeah. a somewhat well-known story coming up. I want to give us a we, little sneak peek?
1: Well, it, it is well-known, uh, at least the title, G- The Feeding of the 5,000. So uh, we're going to skip over a couple of things uh, in, um, and to get to that next major story in Mark. But uh, there's a lot. F- I think um, for this story, uh, we should be careful that our, we don't presume to know what's really going on there. I'll just leave it at that. Ooh. Sometimes our presumption and our familiarity or we think we already know gets in our way of understanding. So mm-hmm. I would encourage everyone to tune in and listen with fresh ears. That is if you don't, you've don't, you never heard it before.
0: There you go. Looking forward to it. All right. It's been too long since yes. I've said this. Okay. The segment that I've been waiting for. Yes. Joe Wants to Know. <laughs> right. It's time. So you guys are well aware of this, that Joe Wants to Know has become just a – how can my life get better? Situation. <laughs> it's a very self-serving. Yes. Yes. So, <laughs> Joe wants to know, um, what are, what would your advice be? Your favorite boredom breakers. So, for mm-hmm. example, if. If, say, you were living in a hospital,
1: like hypothetical- hypothetically yeah,
0: speaking, yeah, right. okay. and you were just in a little one room with your spouse and you were driving each other crazy, or at least the husband was driving the wife crazy, yeah. um, <laughs> what, what would you say, what would be some games, activities, things to do to yeah. break up the that's monotony? Activities.
1: <laughs> Andrew, would you have a Marvel marathon with Janae?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, Janae would not be interested in a Marvel marathon at all. The, the only Marvel movie... Would it put her
0: to sleep so you could just do whatever yeah, you wanted? I was yeah. just
2: going to say, the only times that she has watched Marvel movies... Better me, than
1: anesthesia. She,
2: seriously, you could do like hardcore surgery on Just put five minutes of Iron Man on and then she's out. You could do like a heart transplant.
1: She's not going to wake up.
2: Um, I'll tell you what I do is... And I just started doing this last year. And I'm going to be careful saying this because there's an artist next to me who's very, very good. But my kids discovered this thing on YouTube called Art for Kids Hub, where this artist will show you... It's called what? Art for Kids Hub.
1: Art for Kids Hub. (laughs) 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 Thank you for the translation,
0: because I had no idea.
2: Um, And it's this artist, and he shows you and your kid how to draw various things. Ah, And so he he does it slowly on the screen, and so me and the kids will, will watch it. And I've got super addicted to it. When I'll watch it without the kids that's now. That's so
1: unlike you to get really into things.
2: I know, I just don't, I'm pretty, yeah. <laughs> that actually sounds pretty cool. Against character. Yeah, right? it's
1: really fun, really fun. Yeah. Okay, that's a good one. I, well, um, I spend too much, t- I start, um, I've started keeping a, a, a backlog of podcasts I want to listen to, of, of articles I want to read, or uh, books I want to, you know, things I want to get to, I just don't have time. Sure. Because you're, uh, so I would, um, I don't know if my wife would want to do this, but would want to, you know. Um, you know if you're talking about things together, that's a different thing. But uh, there's uh, there's always this list of oh that's a good that's a good essay that's a good article that's a good, I want to read that or I want to think about that. I just never have time to get to it. So sure, if I had some time, I'd be getting through those things. You know. Now I feel bad or, for the time. Or or <laughs> does does Judy like uh, would you to read to her?
0: Huh? Ooh, maybe. That'd be cool. Or she might hate it. I don't know. I guess we'll find <laughs> out. Yeah, <laughs> I'll yeah. try it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She well, doesn't like reading, but she likes listening to books. She's captive in the so hospital maybe. room, so you can find <laughs> out if she likes it or
1: not. Yeah, That's funny. Oh, man. Okay.
0: I'll try these out. We'll see how it goes. Maybe next week I'll be in a great mood. Or I'll Reading and drawing for Judy. Judy. There we yeah. go. Are
1: you board
2: game people?
0: Yeah, but we don't really have space for board games. That's oh, the problem. Okay. So. Fair enough. We'll try it out. And if any of our fine listeners have any ideas, please send us an email, and I would be happy to try it out. Okay. Thank you, guys. This is fun. Good to be back. And thank you for listening to the For Where You Are podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode and share this with a friend. If it has helped you in your faith journey, we will talk to you soon.